Hi there, this is Clark Terry here, reminding you to pull your bearskins a little closer to the fire. That's it. <laughs> now you're talking to me. Ah, watch out for those snapping sparks. Everybody cozy? Now the good news is that you're in time for the humble farmer. You've worked hard all day, and you deserve to relax now. So stay right there and listen to the best of this kind of music. of course here on the humble farmer where with any luck at all you can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time right here on your favorite station thank you for listening 
my brother came into the solar radiant heated solar office studio of Maine Private Radio the other morning, and he said, this looks like something halfway between the command center for Star Wars and Chief Wahoo's wigwam. I took it as a compliment.
Scott Hamilton, of course, Ruby Braff, and Dave McKenna. What a thing. Dave McKenna, if I had a choice, if you had a choice between being able to play like Oscar Peterson, fast, flashy, or Dave McKenna, who never got hung, I don't know. Every time I hear one, I think I'd vote for that one. Dave McKenna, can't, can't beat him. My brother... My brother came by with some notes the other day so I could type up and mail out a press release for the St. George Historical Society. And because I, I wanted my second breakfast before I started on this big project, I pushed a book at him, happened to be on my desk, I pushed a book at him and said, Here, while you're waiting for me, read Plutarch. He said, No, I'll wait for the movie. 
no end on that. <laughs> I should have known. I've heard it a thousand times. Do, do, do people... Oh, i got to tell you, it's uh, time to remind you that you're listening to The Humble Farmer on your favorite radio station. Well, without any like at all, you can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for listening. I am thehumblefarmer at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. My shoulder is always here when you feel you have to talk. Do people, do people who answer emails in offices sit around in a drunken stupor? Or is there a conspiracy afoot to drive me mad? When you write to a chamber of commerce or someplace for information about some upcoming event in their town, do you get a letter back saying that your letter has been forwarded to someone else with enough verbiage thrown in to assure you that the person who read your letter had no idea of what you had written without any hint as to how you might contact the people in charge or even who the people are that you want to talk to? Tell me about it. My shoulder is always here when you feel you need to talk. Maybe I can't live to love you as long as I want to But I can promise you, baby That I'm gonna love you as long as I live Maybe I can't give you diamonds and things like I want to But I can promise you, baby I'm gonna love you as long as I live I never cared, but now I'm scared that I won't live long enough That's why I wear my rubbers when it rains And eat an apple every day and see the doctor anyway What if I can't live to love you as long as I want to I can promise you, baby, that I'm gonna love you with something that for Yeah, what if I can't live to love you just as long as I want to? I can promise you, baby, that I'm gonna love you as long as I live. And what if I can't give you diamonds and some things just like I want to, baby? I can love you as long as I live I never cared But now I'm so scared That I won't live long enough That's why I wear my rubbers When it rains Eat an apple every day A scotch and soda on the way But if I can't live to love you Just as long as I want to I'm on my feet I need you now, baby I can't love you as long as I live
Hamilton. Marshall Wood playing bass. Nice, nice. Nice bass playing there. Marshall Wood. He must live around Boston somewhere. Marshall Wood on bass here on the Humble Farmer. The other day, I hung up near the ceiling over my desk an old medicine cabinet mirror that I got. Of course, I got it down on the dump. That's where I get everything that I use and need. And this mirror lets me see out the east window that's right behind me. See, I'm sitting at my desk, I look out, and there from the ceiling is a mirror hanging down at just the right angle so I can see out the east window. Now, the mirror up near the ceiling on the right-hand side of my desk lets me look out the south window that's on my left and see who is standing on my back steps. So think about this. Even though my Sulla office... You know, even though my office in the solar radiant heated cellar is below ground level, any motion in the mirrors catches my eye and makes me look up. Crows, cows, turkeys, visitors, no activity on my back lawn can escape my attention. And I, I can admit I'd put up another mirror so I could see out the north cellar window too, but the ocular stimulation I'm already getting from two mirrors it's already somewhat overpowering.
Bix, that's the famous ostrich walk, I think, ostrich walk, people are snobs, and it is not to my credit that I am no exception. The spelling and grammar one sees in letters to the editor in a local newspaper's blog is creative. It's also informative. Is not spelling and grammar the internal evidence that lets us know where any writer is coming from? Whether he commutes from his trailer to the shop on a muddy ATV, or perhaps never leaves his eagle's nest, but earns big bucks by pecking at his computer overlooking the islands? Generations of great writers have capitalized on this I dialect, and think about this, who among us has not read Pygmalion? or at least seen my fair lady. Like the political sign out by the side of the road at election time, does not the spelling in a post indicate how much education or critical thinking is behind it? So please, do not disparage unique orthography or the ubiquitous greengrocer's apostrophe when you see it in online letters to the editor. Reading what our friends and neighbors have to offer should always be a, an educational delight.
That was Lenny Bro. You've seen Denny Bro playing around Maine. Denny Bro. You've seen him on my television program, Denny Bro. That was Denny Bro's big brother, Lenny Bro. Lenny Bro playing the thing called The Claw. Here on the Humble Farmer, where with any luck at all, you can hear me playing old-fashioned music. Just for you, every week this time, right here on your favorite station. Thank you for listening. And it has been called our attention that nowadays illegal drug use is behind many of the violent and property crimes residents experience. What happened to the good old days when people did these same unpleasant things and even more because they were drunk? Back when I was a boy, we never heard about drugs. But there was always the same hooting and hollering and beat up people and shot people because our friends and neighbors would get drunk and get their names in the newspapers and sometimes end up in jail or in state prison. Do you think it is any worse now than it was back then? Well, of course the only difference is that back then it wasn't illegal to get drunk when you did these things, but because nowadays, because weed is illegal, well, buying stock in any privatized prison is a real good investment.
Bex here on the Humble Farmer. Thank you for listening. Henry V, that mirror of all Christian kings, said, Once more into the breach, dear friends. But I simply say, You've heard me chew this rag before, but here it is again. Can you believe that a radio friend came up to me one time at the Common Ground Fair and said, that when he first heard my radio show, he didn't like my accent. <laughs> you, can, you can imagine that if I were inside when I heard that, I would have gone right through the roof. Didn't like my accent. Do you remember what Abraham Lincoln said when someone accused him of being two-faced? Abraham Lincoln said, If I had another face, would I be wearing this one? And I say, if I could articulate my sentiments in the manner of the late William F. Buckley, would I be employing the phonological constructs of a hick? Here again is my story. Please listen closely. My great-grandparents, William Williamson and Mary Farquhar, came to Spruce Head, Maine from Aberdeen, Scotland, around 1870. I was born and raised in the home of their daughter, my grandmother. I learned to talk from a woman whose parents were born in Scotland in the 1840s. I studied English and linguistics in graduate school for four years, so having given the topic an inordinate amount of critical consideration, I realized that my phonology and other significant supersegmental phonemes could well be rooted in an orphan's home in Aberdeen and not St. George, Maine. Anyway, if you were to see me come up to a polio victim and say, <laughs> Hey, you walk funny. Why don't you quit dragging your leg behind you like that? Wouldn't you think that I was incredibly ignorant, a mentally ill, a drunk? Yet... Some supposedly well-educated people think nothing of coming up to someone with a speech impediment and saying, Hey, why do you find it necessary to put on that ridiculous false main accent? i show this clip of Slim Gaylord. Let's take it away. Thank you very much. I'd like to play my second number here. <laughs> It's a special arrangement, and arrange it now. This number was composed by Xavier Ginsberg. <laughs> Thank you. 
Thank you very much. I would like to play for my second number. Very beautiful arrangement. Opus a la super my cloudy oscuri rainbow. <laughs> entertainer that one would probably have driven a hundred miles to see in concert. <laughs> that is on YouTube. Very impressive. <laughs> Colorful performer. Slim G-A-L-L-A-I-R-D. Look him up on, you, on uh, Wikipedia. Very interesting guy. Another name, the name Chandler Woodcock. Ever heard it? Chandler Woodcock. Chandler Woodcock turned up in a report on the Maine State Moose Lottery. Chandler Woodcock. A name from the past. Wikipedia, if you look in Wikipedia, Wikipedia only tells us that Chandler E. Woodcock is a former Republican state senator from Maine and was the Republican candidate for governor of Maine in 2006. He won a close primary election by 3% on June 13, 2006 against 
David F. Emery and Peter Mills. He faced Democratic incumbent John E. Baldacci in the November 7th election. He lost by about 42,000 votes. In 2011, Republican Governor Paul LePage nominated Woodcock to be Maine's Commissioner of Inland Fisheries and Wildlife, and he took office in the spring of that year. If you like Governor LePage, you must love Chandler Woodcock, and you might even remember some of the remarkable things Mr. Woodcock said and did long before he ran for governor in 2006. If you tuned in late, the fact that in 2006, Mr. Woodcock was the main poster boy for one political party's way of life, well, that might be all you need to know to bring you up to date. And perhaps you never thought of, about this before, but what does it tell you about David Emery and Peter Mills when Chandler Woodcock can beat them in an election among conservatives. Don't you now have to look at those two men in a new light? I mean, isn't it the most liberal conservative who loses when there is an election between conservatives? Think about what this means. If nothing else, before Commissioner of Wildlife Woodcock leaves office, won't Maine moose be lucky if they have a tick they can call their own?
We down under in New Orleans. Bex here on the humble farm. Almost time to get out of here. Got time for one or two more. Here's something I read that made me laugh. Listen to this. I have drank at least ten cups of coffee a day for 45 years and still have not got enough. <laughs> and that reminds me of something one of my friends used to say to a little friend of mine 65 years ago. You've got a cast iron gut, me boy. Do you believe that anyone can drink ten cups of coffee in one day? Do you envy anyone who can drink even two cups of coffee every day for a week without thinking there is a hand in his chest squeezing his heart? Is it true? Is it true that people who only drink coffee for a quick high can get wicked high on two quick cups? Like... Famous jazz musicians of old who couldn't bring themselves to play without heroin, weed, or whiskey, there are other entertainers who have a psychological dependence on coffee, which they call drugs, and guzzle two quick cups of drugs before every performance just so they will not fall asleep on stage in front of 300 people. Real men might be ashamed to admit that after drinking two cups of coffee every day for three days, they awake in the morning feeling rotten. Real men might be ashamed to admit that two cups of coffee makes them feel rotten. It is an unpleasant feeling that quickly goes away after the first cup the next day, and although regulars might think this nasty feeling is just a part of growing old, those of us who have experimented know that that nasty feeling you have in the morning was caused by drinking coffee. After two or three weeks of a coffee-free life, there is no rotten feeling in the morning. Now, if I am not the only wimp who envies a real main man who can drink coffee for a week without thinking they're having a heart attack... I'm probably the only one who will actually come right out and admit it to you. I'm the humble farmer at gmail.com. Can you drink coffee? How in the world do you do it? Do you have a cast iron gut, me boy? My brain is always ticking, my brain. My brain is always ticking, my brain. My brain is always ticking, long as I am live and kicking, my brain. Cool little cluster, that's my brain. My brain is steady working, my brain. My brain is steady working, my brain. My brain is always working, long as you keep that coffee perking, my brain. Cool little cluster, that's my brain.
brain My brain is losing power, my brain My brain is losing power 1,200 neurons every hour, my brain Cool little cluster, that's my brain Mose Allison, of course. I remember him playing in Camden at the Bayview Street Garage. He was quite a courageous performer. This was 20, 25 years ago. Courageous performer, Mose Allison. Before he started, when he came over to the piano bench, he said, If one person in this room lights up a cigarette, I'm going to get up and leave. <laughs> Thank you for listening to The Humble Farmer. My wife, Marsha, the almost perfect woman, and I have a new thing called a Roku box. We have canceled our cable television. We have kept the cable for the Internet, of course. And we watch Columbo, at least I watch Columbo and Monk on Roku. No longer able to watch them on in today's show my wife, Masha, and I eat breakfast side by side. I drink in my rolled oats from the pan, as I've done for 40 years, and Masha eat in her peanut butter and marshmallow on a freshly peeled banana. So now, for the first time in over 20 years of a happy, happy marriage, we talk to each other over breakfast. Yes. And in so doing, have discovered so many disturbing things about each other that hardly a day goes by now, but one of one or the other of us doesn't secretly plan on filing for a divorce. 